All right, Lance, come on up. Lance is going to preach you. Bear with us. We're getting swapped over back there in the back. Rod, I think Rod took all the youth to the lake this weekend. Is that right? Is that where he's at this weekend? They're playing. Good for Rod and good for the youth. That's a good ministry they've got going there. Mm-hmm. And double the, double the money I'm asking for. Is that right? That's right. Well, secret's out then, I guess, huh? How do you leave what you've always known? You know, the uh, sermon was given here a while back on the tale of the two rooms. And uh, I know if it, that sermon meant as much to y'all as it did in my life. There's a, that's probably one of the greatest pictures of exchange that I've ever seen. And uh, I just want to share with you this morning where we are, where Don and I are at in our walk. And uh, we've been trying to sell our house not very long. It's just been on the market for just a little while. And uh, we've really felt like the Holy Spirit has led us to get our family back out in the country. Uh, we were both raised out in the sticks. I'm a little further out in the sticks than Don Ann was, but anyway, out there in the dirt, 20 miles from town. And uh, you can just let boys be boys when they're out there in the dirt. And uh, it's been pulling on both of us for quite some time to just make our way back out in the country. Well... Since we've lived in Bovina, of course, I've gone to school there my whole life, raised there our entire life, raised our family there. We've lived there for 13 years now, 11 years. And uh, that's all of our boys have known is living there where we live. That's where, that's the house they were born in right there. And uh, to tie that to the tale of two rooms, it's not easy to leave everything that you've always known, to leave comfort, to leave stability, to to venture out into territory that I have no control over. And to, I can't tell you how hard that was. It may seem like an easy thing to do, but we pulled up at our house. We had gone to a realtor's house to get some paperwork started on a contract for this other place. And, uh, I can't tell you how hard that was to pull that for sale sign out of the back of my Suburban and stick it in my front yard. I've been involved with the school board for about four years now, and I love being involved with our kids. And to make sure that there is a godly atmosphere in our education system. And if there's one thing that I would absolutely not negotiate on, it's making sure that God is in control of our education at Bovina. I have taken a stand, and I will not waver on making sure that he is number one. We pray over our teachers. We pray over our business to make sure that he is number one and he is our guiding light. And there is a precedence been set around that board table, boardroom table that when things come up that are questionable, possibly unethical, possibly to, is this the right direction we need to go? Everyone stops and says, what would God have us do in this situation? What direction do we need to go with this school? That's a rare find in an education system. And for me to put that 
for sale sign in my yard meant it, it would be changing school districts because we're across the state line means that I'm going to have to give that up. That was tough for me to do. And nothing's official yet. We don't have any contracts signed or anything. We're still in the waiting to see how God puts all this together. But it was the simple fact that I had to pull that sign out of my, out of my back of my suburban and stick it in my front yard in order to let a chain of events begin. And that was a tough step for me to take because it meant leaving everything that I know as secure and safe and sound. So I pulled the sign out, and I drove it in our front yard, and we knew the rumors were going to start flying because a small town like Bovina, <laughs> everybody knows what everybody's doing, and everybody knows more about what you know about what you're doing than most of the time. So I've had a couple people catch me down at the C-store and down, down at the, where, the coffee shop. Y'all moving to Farwell? Y'all moving? No, I'm not moving to Farwell. No, I'm not moving. Where, where'd you hear that? Well, you know how it is a small town. Well, why don't you just call me? I'll tell you what I'm doing. Well, <laughs> that's too easy just to pick up the phone and call the guy that's got the for sale sign in his front yard. But <laughs> On the other end of the spectrum, the house we're trying to buy, they want way too much money for it. It, uh, the pros totally outweigh the cons in this move in our favor. Completely outweigh the cons. But I still had to put a for sale sign in my front yard to get things rolling. All too often, we're willing to stay in room number one. We're not willing to put the for sale sign out spiritually. Say, God, have your way with me. We want to leave the law. It's hard to leave the law when it's all you've ever known. And after John preached that message, it really resonated with me. You, you think you're free, and you think you're out from underneath that law until a situation like this comes up. Just how much are you willing to step out and let God do what he has, what he has for you? And uh, I'll stand right here and say it. I have been ready to choke my wife out the last three weeks because she's been saying when are you going to let go? When are you going to just turn loose and let this thing happen? You know, mind your business. Just mind your own business. Here I am supposed to be the leader of my household and making decisions. And we were talking about this this morning in a coffee shop. With that responsibility on my shoulders, I do not want to make a decision. I do not want to make a mistake in leading God in my family. I do not want to be irresponsible with our finances. I don't want to do something that's going to cost us to have to eat ramen noodles, but choose between ramen noodles or paying a light bill. And we're just about to that point financially. If we, if we sign a contract, it's going to be a crazy amount of money a month to make this move. And she says, where's your faith? And I thought, well, I guess it ain't mine to begin with. I guess I better ride it on God's shoulders. I got a text back from my realtor this morning. Or it was yesterday. I left my phone out at work, and I went and got it this morning. There was a text on my phone that they counteroffered back at the absolute. It's 5000 over our budget of what we can afford to make. And I got thinking about it for a minute. I said, you know, in the big scheme of things, what's 5000 bucks? Well, it's a lot when you don't have it. <laughs> 
But here I am having to put in the balance. What do we do? Where do we go? How do you leave what you've always known and step out into an area that you've never been that's full of six-figure numbers looking at you in the face that you don't know any way how you can afford that? There's nothing in my power that I can do to make that happen. There's so many things that have to, there's a mesh of gears and cogs that have got to line up for all this to happen. Don Ann is looking at a new job. That's, that's part of the mix. It's got to fall into place. The finances have to fall in order. Me has to get in line with what God has in store for our family to all make that sink and make it work like a well-oiled machine. Now, Kent was talking about it this morning. hit the nail right on the head. This does not fit in my box of what I know of my Heavenly Father. So why am I hesitant to let him stretch me into things that I'm not comfortable with, the, un, the great unknown as to what I do not know yet? So God gave me this word about doldrums this morning. And I've been asking him all week, Father, what you got for me? What, what do we want to talk about next week? And the minute I opened my eyes this morning, he just he laid he laid this on me. The doldrums are referred to as dead in the water. Back in the old days, when everything was shipped by sail, everything on sail ships, there's these areas out near the equator when uh, that if these ships get caught, there's no wind. It's absolutely glass clear, stead, dead water. There's nothing to move that ship. If there's no sail ship, no wind to fill the sails, ship goes nowhere. Well, it's not that big a deal for a day or two, but some of these ships would get caught in these doldrums for weeks at a time. And they started getting figured out that if you would load up a herd of horses from 10 to 12 to 20, depending on how big your ship was, what they would do is they would build these ships, and then in the bottom of these ships they would build stalls and corrals for these horses. And they had one purpose, to get them out of the doldrums. They would harness these horses together, lift them up, drop them over the side, and they would point them in the direction they wanted to go, and they would have their herdsmen would get out in a rowboat in front of these horses and they would rowboat and these horses would come to him and therefore pull the ship until they hit wind. Well, that's a great, works good. Horses are powerful swimmers. They would move that cargo till they hit wind. When they hit the wind, they would cut the line and leave the horses to drown where they were. They wouldn't pick them back up because they were spent. They were no good any longer. They could pick them back up and put them on the ship, but they were they were pretty much spent when they got them out of the water. Now, where this ties into me is for so long, spiritually, I felt like I was one of those horses put on a ship with one purpose in mind, when you're done with you, they cut the line and leave you for dead. I think there's probably more than me in here this morning that have felt that way spiritually. 
you felt like you've been designed for one purpose, and when you're when they're done with you, they've cut the line and left you for dead in the water to drown. Well, Holy Spirit really dealt with me that this morning because I really felt like I've been in the doldrums on this decision on what to do on a house. Which direction do we need to go? Well, there's been some wind put in my sails this morning, and I feel the peace and a comfort of what direction I need to take my family. And I'm not just a horse designed to help pull the body in a direction and then cut the line left for dead. And I think you guys are the same way. You're not just a piece of meat that's been designed to pull religion around and get it where it needs to go. You have purpose. And you have identity in what the Father has for you. To the Father, we're precious. He's the one that'll pull the ship up along with wind in the sails and take the time to pick you back up out of the water, put you back on board, feed you and clothe you and water you and just let you be what you've been created to be instead of cutting the line and watching the ship sail right past what got you out of the mess in the first place. The Father's going to dance with the one that he brought to the dance. And that's where we are in the body. We have purpose. Father God, I thank you this morning for simply loving us, calling us your own, and not just something that you use to pull your church along, Father. We have purpose. We have meaning. Father, you are the wind in our sails to get us out of the doldrums. When we think it's said and done, there's nothing left we can do, well, that's right where you wanted us to be in the first place. Totally dependent upon you. Totally dependent on what your plan is for us, Father. Father God, we love you, and we praise you, Father God. Father God, as we take communion this morning, Father, we just remember. Father, we remember you, and we remember why you created us for your kingdom, Father. Father, you love us. Father God, our picture is on your refrigerator. That's how special we are to you, Father. Marion, as you come, I'll come back there and take over for you. We just love you, Father, and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Heck, man, I've got 30 minutes. I can, I can preach. You know, I just, um, dad, dad and my mom are gone. They took off today to go kind of on a little vacation, and he asked if I could do communion. And I was kind of like, Lance, I was like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to share? And uh, I just, um, I kind of want to share what God's been doing with me. It's funny. Uh Holy Spirit, He can speak to more than one person. Um, and I want to share what He's been doing with me because it goes right along with what Lance has been talking about. Um, you know, he, Lance used the illustration of a, of a, a ship on a, on a sea in the doldrums. 
the illustration the Lord kind of showed me was uh, an airplane in a holding pattern. Um, you know, like over a over an airport, it you know if it doesn't have the the clear way to land, then what it does is go into a holding pattern. It, it just circles. It's really not going anywhere. It's not doing anything. It's just kind of staying where it's at, just staying there. And Holy Spirit began speaking to me about that's exactly where I've been. Um, not wanting to make any decisions, not wanting to risk anything, not wanting to step out, and you just kind of just sit there because you don't. You're afraid of. Um, you're afraid of missing God, or you're afraid of, um, like what Lance said about. You know, you you, you kind of know where you're at, and you're secure in where you're at. But stepping out, um, there's risk involved with that. There's um, there's a, the possibility of failure because. Um, because you don't know yet. Um, and so that's kind of where I've been. Um, afraid to step out, afraid to, to step out and do what God's called me to do or um, go in the direction that He's led me to go in. And I feel like um, that there's more people than just me that have been there, that are, that are there. Um, and I think the Lord's saying it's time to get out of the holding pattern. Um, you know, it was like the Lord showed me sometimes when, when, a, when a plane has... Uh, Maybe problems with the landing gear. There's there's mechanical issues. Well, they put it in a holding pattern to try to figure out. But eventually, there comes a time when that thing is the plane's got to land. It can't stay in a holding pattern forever. That get that gauge starts going down on fuel, and it may last. It may have a fuel gauge, but eventually, it starts getting on empty, and that plane has got to come to the ground. And the Lord brings us to a place in our life where I think He says, "Okay." Um, it's do or die time, you know. I've told you what I've I've called you what I and I've done. I've told you what I want you to do, and now it's time to put that in action. Um, and like I said, there's always risk involved. There's always a chance of um, is this going to work out? You know, what happens if that plane comes down and the and they think they got the landing gear fixed, but what happens if it's not? Well, then you know there's going to be consequences, and so there's always that. That we face, and that's what faith is. If 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 there was no um, risk in life, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so, faith is that inner inner knowledge that God has promised us that we can hold on to. But in the natural realm, there's not a it hadn't come about yet. And so there's always chance in the, in the reality of things of that thing not working. But we know inside by faith that it's going to. Um, that's what faith is. Um, you know, the Lord reminded me of, of when He called Joshua to lead the, the children of Israel into the promised land. You know, they, the children of Israel had basically been in a holding pattern for 40 years. A whole generation died off while they were in that holding pattern. But God came to Joshua and He said, Okay, now it's time to walk into the promised land. I've called you to lead my people into the promised land. Um, well, they were going to face battle. They were going to face giants. Um, they were going to face... Um, Jericho was the first city that they faced. And it was a wall city with huge walls. Um, and so, you know, if you're a soldier and you're in battle, battle by its very nature involves risk. Involves danger, um, and and all every single one of us. It doesn't matter who you are. You're in spiritual warfare. 
You're in a spiritual battle. And so that by its very nature, um, if you're engaged in the fight, if you're engaged in what God has called you to be engaged in, then there is battle. There is risk. There's, um, with God, we are secure in Him. But there, on the outside, in the world that we're engaged in, there's, um, there's risk. It's not, uh, it's not safe all the time. You know, God has called us, um, if a ship stays in the harbor all the time, and it never gets out onto the sea, then yeah, it's safe. It's, there's no chance of it getting lost or go, getting into the doldrums or, or facing storms. I mean, it's safe in the harbor, but it never gets anywhere. It, stay, it never accomplishes what God has called it to accomplish or what it's designed to accomplish. And guys, that's exactly the thing with us. If we stay in our safe little harbor and we never allow the Holy Spirit to lead us out into, into the sea, or into the, what He's called us to, then yeah, we're always safe. But there's never got to be that fulfillment inside of us. There's never got to be that fulfillment, that satisfaction that comes from doing and being what God's called you to do and be. Um, and so I think God's Word, just, just like Lance, God's Word is this time to get out. It's time to step out. It's time to get out of that holding pattern that you've been in because of fear, because of indecisiveness or because of whatever. Um, you know, Jim talked about uh, stepping out into the interpretation of tongues and, and allowing the Holy Spirit. Well, that vice, I mean, that involves risk. There's a chance that <laughs> if the Holy Spirit's moving on you to do that, that um, in your mind anyway, your flesh has got to look pretty stupid. Amen? Anything that God requires, God moves in you to do, it always, I believe it always involves risk. Um, there's a um, faith by its very nature. Faith by its very nature involves risk to the, to the natural anyway. Um, but I know from experience that once you step out and you do what God's called you to do, there is a tremendous freedom and a tremendous liberty that comes from that. Um, and a satisfaction, a holy satisfaction. Um, well, I only preached for five minutes. I'm in good shape. I know, I know. Joanna has something. Um, the Lord has shown me something over the past, like, three weeks maybe that kind of goes with what Marion and Lance were saying. Um in Psalm 23, 6, it's a verse that probably every single person in here could quote without even thinking about it. It says, um, Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, you know, I knew that verse since I was like Macy's age. And I went to a Bible study with my sister, and the guy was talking about that chapter, which I thought, that's weird. That's usually one that you learn when you're three or four, and then you don't really talk about it again because it's just in your head and you know it. But he said the word follow actually means pursue. And I think after what Marion and Lance were saying about it's time to step out and take risks, there's some fear involved in that, um, Which, but I don't think it's bad. I think it's okay to be a little scared or a little nervous because you know that verse that you've known since you're four that says, surely goodness and mercy will pursue you all the days of your life. And when it says forever, it means literally forever. 
There is no day or any time that goodness and mercy are not pursuing you. And to think about being pursued, like, that's not your choice. It's not like, okay, well, today I'm going to let goodness and mercy follow me around today. No. It's pursuing you, and you don't have a choice in that. And for that thing only, then you can take those risks without fear because you know that you're being pursued. Amen. I think one of the keys to doing what and walking in what Joanna's talking about too is having the mindset of what Steve talked about, about the temporal versus the eternal. If my mind is focused on the temporal, then I want to preserve the things in the temporal. And it, and if my mind is focused on the eternal, if I've set my mind you know, it says in, in Hebrews, it says, setting our minds on Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. Our, our, our eyes on, on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And if I set my mind on Jesus and my eyes on Jesus, then I know that the things around me, the temporal things really don't matter. If I lose every single thing, if I lose my job, if I lose whatever, um, if I'm right where God wants me, then He's going to take care of me. If he takes care of the, the birds of the air and the, the, the fish and everything around us, then he's big enough to take care of me. Um, and, and, and that's another scripture, that, another thing the Lord's been, been showing me, and I shared with that with Coffee Shop, was the fact that that scripture where um, Jesus was talking to Martha, and Martha was up serving, and he said, Martha, Martha, you're concerned about many things, but a few things are necessary, really only one. And it's like God's been speaking to me. He said, Marion, you need to, to refocus on the one thing. And that's spending time with Him. That's Him. My focus needs to be Him. Everything else around me, if I'm focused on Him, everything else around me will work out. Okay. Freddie and Linda? Oh, Mike's got a word. Stand in this holy place. Jesus has come and spoke to us this morning. Doesn't matter how many's in the room, he comes and reveals his truth to us. Um, my purpose in this life is um, to, de- to decree and declare over people, and it happens. And that's not something I chose, that's something God gave to me. I want to tell you a little bit about this stepping out in something you've never known before. Two weekends ago, Justin's father passed away, and they called me to see if I'd come up there and play for the funeral. Well, I am about as not Catholic as his family is. <laughs> and so I walked into the church. They'd given me all this music, and I learned it, and half of it was wrong. <laughs> we play this for Lent. Today's a funeral. <laughs> and so anyway, in the midst of all of it, I said, Jesus, you need to help me here. And the lady leaned the sing, and I said, I need a red light and a green light. <laughs> when to stop, when to start. Anyway, Jesus worked it all out, and it worked out real good. And I learned some things. I said, you know what? This isn't near as hard as what I thought it was going to be. But what I want to do over every one of you is I want to declare that the season of the doldrums is over with. I want to declare that the war horses that are for you and they're not going to be cut loose to drown. 
that your ship is finding again this fresh season of the wind of God for today, this July of 2014. I declare over you that your sails are filled with the fresh wind of God. And that some of this warfare we've been facing in the area of this drought and dryness, that God is reigning on these promises. And they are coming to pass. The field across the road is now green and not blowing dirt. And I declare every one of us that as we put whatever for sale sign in our yard that God has called us to put a for sale sign for, that it blows us to the next place of grace in our life. Whether it be a new job or to live in the country or whether it be a new area of ministry, the grace of God is there to to end and to begin. I declare the 22 anointing, Revelation, Isaiah 22, what God has closed, no man can shut, and what God has shut, no man can open. In Jesus' name, we receive that. Everything, Lord, that you spoke to us today through the words of your servants, we receive it with grace and mercy. Amen. I'll come down. Okay. You know, Mike just released a word over us. And what I felt like the Lord was showing me about when we partake of communion today is whatever area of your life that you feel like you've been in the doldrums in or you feel like you've been in a holding pattern in, um, as you partake of the bread, Jesus' body and blood today, as an act of faith, whenever, whenever you partake of that, you give that to God. And you say, God is finished. It's done. You took care of that. You brought me into a new season. One of the things that Norman's been talking about is union. Well, one of the key words in communion is union. And whenever we partake of 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 his body and blood, we're partaking of him. His the union we have with him. And um, so, as you do that, just just by faith, do whatever whatever area of your life. If it's finances. If it's um, like like Lance said, maybe buying a house, maybe it's a ministry, whatever it is, um, you do it in faith. You partake of it in faith. Okay. Father, we just come to you. We just thank you for your word today. We thank you for that um, you love us enough to speak to us. And um, we just um, thank you for this time, Father, that we remember you, that we partake of you, Jesus, and remember what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I feel like the one thing that wasn't mentioned in the midst of just kind of going over, stepping out of new things is that we gotta, we can't forget that God's the same. He never changed. And it's funny that like every time you do something because you were brought to the end of the rope or you decided to jump off the end is that God was always, it may not happen the same way every time. God was there every time though. And I feel like God is just waiting for you to give him a chance to sh- for him to show himself that he's faithful. He just wants you to go out on the bridge so he can be like, bam, there it is. Because he, it, he, it ha- I feel like it always happens this way. It happens for me as well. Because, you know, like, I've been doing a lot of things recently, like buying wedding rings and stuff like that. And it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, never, it's never clear right when you do it. I feel like all I've ever known is that I know that God wants me to do this, and I've never known any other details. And then as soon as I did it and started the hard part, that's when the rest of the bridge appeared. And I was like, oh, crap, there it is, and just started walking. So it just...
be blessed and and go out in faith. All right, y'all did good. Remember what Jesus said? He said, in me you'll have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. But be of good courage, I've overcome the world. And Isaiah 55, 12 says, and you shall go out with joy and be led with peace. And the mountains and the hills will break before you into singing, and the trees of the fields shall clap their hands. Go out with joy and be led with peace. Let your peace rule in your heart. Let his peace rule in your heart. Live by the peace of another. And, and a lot of times when you can't, having a hard time, follow your peace. I'm telling you. Anybody that's ever come and asked me counsel, that's the counsel of God. I said, where's your peace? Follow your peace. If you got peace, follow it. Follow your peace. He gave it to us for a reason, didn't he? You know, I'm, I was thinking about the little story with this man was talking about this little grandson that went to spend time with his grandmother lived in this big old two-story house and he was staying with her in the summer and all of a sudden that big old thunder and hit the house and shook the whole house and she got afraid that what might be happening to that little boy and she went upstairs to see who he was at and he had his head up against the glass and said do it again God do it again and I think that's the, that's the picture of the new man. We've got to be ready to say, God, do it again. It's a spirit of adventure. You know, that's what we need in the new man, a spirit of adventure. Don't be afraid. Fears of the devil. You know, just live in a spirit of adventure. All right, you're dismissed. Father, we thank you for a good day in Jesus' name.